0: U.S. farmers and ranchers in action would like to recognize the sponsors of the 2021 Honor the Harvest Forum. Welcome to Farm Food Facts. I'm your host, Phil Lentard. Today, we've got a very special episode. It's focused on USFRA's latest docudrama, The Carbon Neutral Pig. This short film follows the real-life journey of one of our guests, Marlo Ivey, who has taken over her dad's North Carolina pig farm and is working to make it carbon neutral. Change has got to start somewhere, she says, and it becomes a key line as she encounters people online and in her community that criticize pig farming as being harmful to the planet and telling her that change is needed. Marlo sees her farm as a place where she can make positive change, using science and experts to evolve and to improve the closed loop processes that her dad started in the 1980s and 1990s with pigs, Soy and corn. She's currently working towards a methane capture system to power the farm. You can see the carbon neutral pig on usfarmersandranchers.org. But today we go behind the scenes and talk with Marlo and USFRA board chair, Ann Meese. Ann is a farmer and Nebraska soybean member in Elgin, Nebraska. Along with her husband, Jim, they run a family operation raising corn, soybeans, alfalfa, and cattle. Over the past 32 years, they've had a continued focus on increasing soil health, conserving water, being good stewards of the land, and practicing quality animal care. Marlow is a North Carolina pig farmer and is the executive director of the Feed the Dialogue North Carolina with a true passion for educating consumers about agriculture and where their food comes from. Her enthusiasm, passion, and knowledge of the pork industry earned her the Emerging Leader Award, previously known as the Pork All-American, an award, by the way, that her father also earned in 1982. She also has earned the starring role in USFRA's latest docudrama. Ann and Marlo, thank you for joining us today on Farm Food Facts.
1: Pleasure to be here, Phil. Thanks for having us.
2: Thanks for having me, Phil.
0: So, Marlo, what was it like to have your life story and work captured on the film for the entire <laughs> world to see?
2: Um, honestly, it was a very uh, humbling experience. I was definitely honored to be selected as one of the farmers. Um, it's always been a passion to help educate people about our food system and where our food comes from. So um, I definitely have a due respect for the film industry, though, after after filming the movie. <laughs>
0: What what was the um, biggest either challenge or surprise um, that came to be while you were filming?
2: Um, I think just how grueling um, the process was going to be emotionally. I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm i I'm a farm girl. So I'm, I'm used to, to pretty, pretty hard labor, but sure. um, just the grueling of the shots and, and, and changing the scenes and, and what they needed to kind of accomplish our goal. And honestly, even though the crew was a local crew, um, here from North Carolina, it's an urban area, Raleigh, which is our state capital. It was very interesting, the questions that I got behind the scenes about basic agriculture as well. Um, So it was almost Mm. like we were learning together. Um, I was learning a little bit of their industry and they were learning a lot about mine.
0: So what was the question that, that they asked you that really surprised you that maybe they didn't know beforehand?
2: Um, we were shooting one day. This was when we were shooting out at the farm, and one of the lighting guys came over and he goes, Hey, uh, what's wrong with that corn? Why is that why is that corn brown? And I thought, well, that's what we wanted to do. You know, it's it's harvest season. We're we're getting ready to, you know, pick the corn. Um, but you know, he's probably used to urban areas or or sweet corn where it doesn't turn brown like that. So it was just kind of interesting to me right. that. Even though he's from North Carolina, he doesn't even realize in, you know, the cycles that, that our row crops go through for harvest.
0: And I think um, it's what you and Leanne have uh, taken on as a responsibility uh, to be able to educate people um, where their food comes from. And, and uh, first of all, congratulations as being part of the Open opening ceremony um, at the UN producer conference. Um, It's the first time we've ever seen a farmer or rancher be part of that. What was that experience like for you?
1: Well, it it was pretty, um, you know, amazing and kind of, you know, like, wow, what a responsibility to speak for U.S. agriculture in general, because it's so diverse. And, you know, there's so many different avenues of U.S. agriculture. But I think it just highlights how important it is that we be on that global stage and bring our message to that global stage so that people understand that, um, you know, the, the advances in agriculture are benefiting all of us and and making us more sustainable. So that's so important that we continue to be on that global stage.
0: When you were on that stage and and talking behind the scenes, um, if you would, to to the other people there, um, were there any surprises that you had that, you know, people were asking you questions and, you know, you're just saying... I really need to get this message out there. These people really don't understand.
1: Well, I think it continues to surprise me and take me aback, Uh, the the movement out there, especially based in in Europe, that agroecology movement that really wants agriculture to go backwards in time and use methods that were used 50 years ago to produce the same amount of food that we need today. And that's just not gonna happen. We have advances in all other industries and technology and those type of advances. And so here we are in agriculture. We have great advances in genetics, we have advances in how we're raising our livestock, which was highlighted in Marlowe's film. We have advances in crop protection. And if we're truly going to be sustainable and increase production while using less resources and preserve our natural resources and be more sustainable, then we really need to um, utilize these uh Ag, you know, the advances in agriculture, whether that be in ag data, whether it be in science, genetics, all of those together will really get us all as a society to the goals we want to be using less resources while providing abundant, uh, sufficient food.
0: So, Anne, you said that, you know, people want us to go back to the way we were 50 years ago. Is it because of the lack of knowledge? Is it because of the misinformation that's out there um, that people just think that, you know, um, terrible things are happening to the planet? So if we go back 50 years, um, we can fix it?
1: I think it's all of those things. I think it's misinformation. And there's this ideological vision of the farmer, you know, in his bib overalls or her bib overalls, you know, with the chickens in the background. And that's just simply not gonna feed our world. And there seems to be this kind of, uh, you know, emotional connection. Well, if it's done organically, it's going to be better. Well. You know that's a that's one way to farm, um, but there's other ways to farm also that are using less resources, but yet producing more food. So there's a lot of tools in the toolbox in agriculture now. And um, I think we can do a better job using those tools. So we've really got our uh, job in front of us to educate the general public about these tools that we have in agriculture and how they really are a fit to society. So again, that is why it's so important that we have this presence now um, at the UN. So you know USFRA understands the importance of the US having that presence on the global stage when we're at the UN any sustainable development goals discussion are happening. You know, it was a huge win for our CEO, Aaron Fitzgerald, to be invited and be one of only 100 delegates worldwide to be at the pre-food summit in Rome in July. And then of course the other big win was when I was asked to be um, at the opening ceremonies representing US agriculture at the food summit in September. So, you know, and now as a result of that collaborating that Aaron worked so hard and working with other farmer organizations throughout the world, the Farmers actually have their own unique voice now at the UN where that wasn't true um, a year ago. So I know that there's a lot of farmers out there that feel like these UN sustainable development goals are completely disconnected with what we do day to day on our farms. But we just have to realize that we need organizations like USFRA in places that matter right here and the, the policies and the discussions that are happening at the UN will have long term consequences on whether it be regulations or a general acceptance or a rejection of these advances in agriculture I've talked about so really important that we're there.
0: Uh, Definitely. And and empowerment and education is critical. And to that point, Marlo, both as an individual farmer and through Feed the Dialogue, what are some of the efforts that you've taken on to help tell the story?
2: Um, Yeah, there's a lot of efforts that we do. I do on a personal level and definitely through my organization of Feed the Dialogue. But it kind of goes back to Ann's point. You know, we've evolved over the past 50 years. My dad started raising hogs on the ground in 1979. We brought those um, hogs and doors and we've been striving for the carbon neutral pigs since then. Um, You know, but, but during that time, you know, we didn't have accessibility to kind of platforms that we have now with social media to tell our ag story. And, and quite frankly, farmers were too busy farming. Um, So we were, we've kind of been behind the eight ball of, of getting our story out there, but through, you know, obviously open dialogue and participating and, 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 you know, the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance and and doing farm tours and and getting involved with social media and and being with influencers and talking and having discussions with people that are talking about our food system is where we can get our story out.
0: So, Marlo, if you had to pick one message that we really need to get out there to consumers, to retailers, uh, to the people at the U.N., just one message, what would that be?
2: I think that 98% of the farms in the United States of America are family owned um, and that size doesn't matter, that we're all in it together and that we are part of a food system that couldn't operate without the other. So I think that is one of the I think the term factory farm is the biggest misconception that I fight, especially on a livestock base um, for, for ag.
0: So describe to me uh, what is a zero carbon pig look like?
2: Mm, for me it's it's been something that I've of goal that I've set years ago. Um, that it was kind of set by my father when he started. It is as simple as the lighting that I have in my barns all the way to the covered lagoons where we were capture the natural gas and turn that into renewable gas. I think the zero carbon pig is something that I personally on my farm will strive to have accomplished um, in the next 30 harvests. You know, we we talk about that as a mission for U.S. farmers and ranchers. I think the majority of farmers these days have been striving and have always strived to do what's best for the environment.
0: Talking about the environment, you know, everyday consumers are seeing on TV and in social media and everywhere else about climate change, about the fires um, in the Northwest part of the country, um, the floods that are happening in Brazil that are destroying our coffee crops, uh, prices going up as a result of all these things. Um, How can the food and ag sector really come together to solve, if you would, uh, climate problems and also get that message out there to consumers?
2: I think the most important, resources we have are our education and for people to understand that we are part of the solution and problem, not part of the problem. We talked about that. Um, definitely some in the film that, that we have been striving and, and are, you know, I'm a fourth generation farmer and, and we will continue. And, and, and that's great sitting here talking to you and I, and that, and for the ag industry, you know, that means a lot, but what I'm looking for is the future and to pass this farm off to the next generation, which you can tell my daughter is very, you know, wants to continue the family legacy. So I think what it's important for people to understand is that we are constantly improving and we are constantly using and advances the technology to improve our carbon footprint uh, for farmers. and and we're doing a good job and we can will continue to do a job if long as we have access to the resources that we need to continue our mission. Um, but 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 I also believe that that agriculture has become, Um, the catalyst or or the whipping boy for um, climate change. You know, I I think that we have have continuously always strived to improve, but there are people out there with alternative agendas that want to use agriculture as a weapon or the reason for climate change. And that's all because of misconceptions that people were four or five or or six years removed or generations removed from the farm now. They just don't know. So it's up to us to continue to uh, get out there and get our voices heard and 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 tell our ag story. And that's one of the main reasons that I agreed to do this film.
0: So Marlo, before before we let Anne um, chime in on on climate change, um, I can sense in your in your voice um, and in your face that you're really angry that there's a lot of people out there that are blaming uh, farmers and ranches. Uh, for climate change, and wh- how do we fix that? I mean, do we have to get busloads of school kids, you know, to, to come to your farm um, and, and to see it and to touch it and to, you know, touch the soil? Um, how do we how do we change this behavior?
2: I think it's all about um, the narrative. I think that farmers and ranchers, we need to get um, and participate in, in films like I did and, and start telling our ag story. I mean, I think that's the biggest way that we can combat it. But it's also getting involved with the people that are making the political decisions that are involved in climate change, just like Anne's, you know, and U.S. farmers, ranchers participation in, in the food summit. I mean, we farmers have got to have a seat at the table. And we have not had the seat, our seat at the table when we're talking about for food, food production. There's no farmers around to sell their, their story. So in, until we have the opportunity to have a seat at the table, um, you know, we just have to keep on telling our farm story.
0: So Anne, climate change uh, from a consumer standpoint, from a farmer standpoint, um, as as Marlo has said, you know, uh, we're getting a lot of blame. How do we change that?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I would agree with everything that Marlo said that, you know, on our farms, we're on this path of continuous improvement, you know, whether it's in soil health, nutrient management, water management, how we care for our uh, livestock. But I kind of will put on my hat now as USFRA chair, because I've been in a lot of conversation and, and it's really interesting. We have this huge push from society, you know, to solve for for climate change. And now we're all eyes are on agriculture. And it is truly amazing that agriculture has the potential to sequester carbon and, you know, really be part of this solution. So what an amazing story we have to tell. And so I continually see though, this disconnect with farmers who are busy on their day-to-day operations, This is why we do what we do, you know, we understand what we're doing and kind of a pushback. They don't want to hear the dire, you know, um, alarms that are going off about climate change. But I think we all recognize, you know, it's really real. And what can agriculture do to be part of that solution is really what our organization is trying to do is bring that food and value chain together with the farmers so that we can have that common goal of combating um, climate change. And there's a lot more that we know we can do on our farms, but I think one of the key things is unlocking some um, financial mechanisms, whether it be cost sharing, where we can make some of these climate smart practice changes or um, whatever that mechanism is going to be. And I'm not just talking government mechanisms, but you know, private sector mechanisms, they're happening, they're in place, and um, we just need to accelerate those. And hopefully USFRA can be that place where these um, uh, people along the food and value chain come together and really work for those type of solutions that we're all looking for. Ones that make sense on our farms, will work on our farms. When we have to work out the practicality of it, but also have a real benefit to society. Those are the challenges in front of us.
0: So Marlo, let me go back to your daughter um, and, and that next generation of farmers and ranchers. Uh, how do they acquire the knowledge base and the tools to have them succeed uh, the way you have?
2: I mean, for me personally, it's, on-farm work experience. Um, it's a passion that you have that's kind of bred from the beginning um, and learning and seeing, just like I watched my father uh, grow, um, grow our farm as he has for the past 30 years. I think continuing that kind of legacy is really important and instilling the same values that he did for me, for the land, for the animals, um, for, for, for our farms and, and passing that on, um, the same kind of love and care and, and again, continuous improvement that, that, that I stand for and, and instilling those same principles in my daughter and son I have a two-year-old son he didn't get he didn't get to be part of the film but I I have a two-year-old son too so
0: so um, look your father has been very progressive um, we we know that but I'm sure that there's been times I worked for my dad um, I'm sure there's been times where you have gone to him and said, hey, dad, you know, this is really what we want to embrace, um, whether it's a new technology, whether it's a new way of doing things. And your dad sat there and said, you know, I, I just don't want to do it. What we're doing is working. Um, have there been those instances? And, and, you know, how how have you overcome them?
2: Um, absolutely. You know, my dad's, uh, he he's kind of a He's definitely very progressive, but um, he's seen a lot of, of changes happen through in the North Carolina pork industry. So um, I think it's been hard for, for him to see some of almost like a, a circle of change coming back um, to the way I think. And I think a lot of it has to do with and we talk about this a lot in the film is, um, you know, being so transparent on social media and the repercussions of, of what that brings to the farm. Um, but for the most part, he, he's pretty acceptable of, of, of moving forward and, and continuous change. But just like any other um, parent-daughter or father-daughter relationship, uh, he can get stubborn sometimes.
0: Is he on social media? Uh,
2: I think he's on LinkedIn, which, I, which is very recent that he got on LinkedIn. So, um,
0: so he's coming you know, into social media kicking and screaming the whole way.
2: Yes. And I think actually, you know, and we talked about this in some of the documentaries that we filmed af- afterwards. I think he regrets um, not being m- more vocal about telling our story and, 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 and he didn't have the, the same platforms I do today. But I think one of the things that he wished that he had done um, through, through his career is, is be more um, vocal and, and, and telling the ag story.
0: That's great. Um, So, Anne, you know, final final comment as USFRA uh, board chair, what's the most important message that you want to get out there to our farmers, to our ranchers, um, to, you know, the general public? What's the one thing that you want to make sure uh, that they understand?
1: Well, US farmers and ranchers are caretakers and stewards of the vast majority of natural resources in this country. Well, that is an awesome privilege, but it's also a heavy responsibility. And as farmers and ranchers, we do not take that lightly. Um, As Marlo alluded to, you know, we are always looking toward the next generation and preserving the uh, land and resources that have been entrusted to us. So as a society, let's embrace technologies and advances that will enable us to be better stewards of the soil, water and natural resources. And together we can all work toward that resilient, restorative agriculture system that produces the abundant nutritious food, fiber and clean energy that we want for our prosperous America.
0: Well, thank you both very much for, number one, uh, getting the messages out there, uh, whether it's on film or on the stage at the U.N., and thank you for joining us on Farm Food Facts today.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action would like to recognize the sponsors of the 2021 Honor the Harvest Forum. Our Sapphire sponsors, Ernst & Young and the United Soybean Board. Our Platinum sponsors, the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy, Native American Agriculture Fund and Kincanon and Reed. Our Silver sponsors, Dairy West, Nebraska Soy, Corteva Agriscience, McDonald's, Cargill and PepsiCo. Our Bronze sponsors, Cobank, Nutrien and Pollination. And our copper sponsors, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, Culver's, the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research, and Hy-Vee Supermarkets. For more about all food and agriculture, please visit us at FarmersAndRanchers.org. Also, be sure to visit us on Facebook and Instagram at FarmersAndRanchers, as well as on Twitter and LinkedIn at USFRA. Until next time.